Praise the Lord, Spirit and Truth listeners. This first podcast is a recording from our first school of prayer with Brother Joe Goss. In this recording, you're going to hear Brother Joe Goss talk about a lot of instances in the Philippines. He's also going to talk about different practical ways to have more faith and to pray in a more powerful way. And he's going to share a lot from his life and his personal experiences. So we hope you enjoy. God bless. Praise the Lord, everyone. The reason I'm sitting down is that for those of you that don't know, I have a very serious uh, case of leukemia, and I I don't know if it's uh, starting in my back and my legs, but that's neither here nor there. But I want to talk about faith this morning, and I'm praying that we will get something out of this that will encourage us through faith. First of all, in Hebrews 11.6, we know that verse very well. But the speaker is saying, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it doesn't matter what all we have given to God or what we are doing for God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So we're going to try to encourage you this morning. Brother Kellogg said that I could speak about incidences that we had in the Philippines, and I intend on doing some of that. First of all, I want us to understand that we need to practice faith. And faith is like a muscle. We all have heard that probably before. But here's something that faith is a gift requiring no effort. Faith, you don't have to require effort. Always speak positive commands when you're speaking faith. Keep from thinking negative thoughts. Romans 12, 3 and the World English Bible says God has appointed to each person a measure of faith. So we all, as human beings and servants of God, we all have a measure of faith. Now let's find out how to use it effectively. So God has already given us a measure of faith. I was teaching our church in the Philippines on faith and start to small, and I told them start small and when you feel like you can do that, increase to a larger prayer life. I want to inject this. If you only have faith to pray for people with a headache, you will never see blinded eyes open. That's as far as your faith will elevate. So anyway, I was teaching uh, on faith, and all of a sudden, we had people that come to our house, or pastor or their son was a pastor, and uh, uh, they would come occasionally and stay at our home. Rose, and they would come and they'd spend the night. So this particular morning, I came downstairs, and 
Rose had already got up, her, their pastor taught them to get up at 5 a.m., pray for an hour, read the Bible for an hour, and then sit down and write what they've learned. And that's what she was doing, and that's what Brother Eugene was doing. So as I came downstairs and I went out, we have, in the Philippines, we have a nice waterfall and on our patio and, and a big pond. Someone had given us some floppy fish that looked somewhat like koi, but they're only nicer and more vibrant in color. And they're from Australia, and they were very pretty, and Rose was standing by the pond when I came down about 7 a.m. And she said, Brother, I came down before 5 a.m., and one of your fish is dead. So I looked at that fish and I did not see, thank you brother, I did not see uh, a net to take it out with and she didn't see one so therefore she had not taken it out. My wife came downstairs at about five minutes later. She came out where Rose and I were standing and she came over and she looked down and I said, honey, I'm sorry to tell you but one of your fish is dead. She looked at that fish, she turned around and she left and I thought she was gonna go get a net. But in about a minute or so, she came downstairs. She did not have a net, but she had a little bottle of anointing oil. Faith. I am here to tell you that she opened the lid on that bottle, put a drop on her finger, touched that fish and said, in Jesus' name, that fish had been dead for several hours. That fish went, and it swam to the bottom. Faith. As much as a grain of mustard seed. It doesn't take much. I want to also say that sometimes things happen in our ministry in the Philippines, and and I want to share that with you. Matthew 17, 27. Jesus was telling Peter, he says, I want you to go and go to the river there and cast your hook into the water. And the first fish that you catch, I want you to pull it up. Now it's going to have a coin in its mouth. I want you to take it out and go pay your tribute taxes, mine and yours. Now, you have to understand if someone is telling you to go to catch a fish, you're going to find a corn in its mouth. I'm here to tell you that Jesus took a simple fish and he turned it into an ATM machine. <laughs> is anything impossible with God? Well, then let's quit acting like it. Amen. I see another occasion where God used to fish, a big one. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to do that. This should be a good lesson to us when we defy God we're defying the Almighty. 
We are like a grain of sand. So here Jonah refused to go. They threw him overboard. They didn't want to do that. They threw him overboard. A big fish came, probably a whale, swallowed him up. Another incident of God using a fish for a water taxi to cart this man around for three days before he spewed him out on the, on, on the sand. Now, I can only imagine Jonah when he came out of that fish's mouth. Three days, seaweed and whatever. He didn't have to go through that, but he did. We don't have to go through some of the things that we do, but we do because of defiance to the word of God. I can only hear Jonah do this. When he landed on that beach surface, the first person he saw and asked, which way is Nineveh? And he pointed that way, Jonah took off running. Yeah. Why is it that we have to be knocked down sometimes before we listen to the Almighty? Why is that? Is it because we're human? We are apostolic people filled with God's Spirit created in His image. We speak the same language that he does. Amen. Why? Because he gave it to us. Praise I'm going to get into some of the things and I promise you I'm not going to keep you more than a day and a half. <laughs> we were asked to speak at a church in a different province than we live in in the Philippines. It was quite a ways from us. It took us quite a while to get there. Finally, we got there and we went in. It was a Sunday morning service. We went in. And as the pastor introduced me and uh, led me to the pulpit, as I started speaking, on the right-hand side at the back, there was a cloud about 16 or 18 to 24 inches thick. I don't know how much it was. But it started at the back and it came all the way around, came to the front and back on that side. Nine people in that service received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Eight people were healed, kidneys, eyes, ears in that service. You see where the presence of God is, there is a liberty. Let's take our liberty in God and act like we know something about what faith is. Amen. We're not ignorant people. We are faithful people. And as long as we are faithful, God will lead and direct us. Another incident. Pastor spoke on prayer Sunday morning. In the Philippines, my prayer time, I would get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and I would go pray. My flesh hated me. I would go into the bathroom, I'd wash my face, I would come back out. My wife, as she usually does, was snoring and very comfortable. 
I would go in, but there was a spirit that said, all you would have to do is lay down and you could rest for another hour and you'd be fine. But let me tell you, if we break the chain of command that we have in prayer now, it's like we have to start all over. It's broken. And I would say no. I would go into my prayer room and I would start praying in about five minutes. The power of the almighty God would fall. Many a times I would look outside and I would see the sun has come up and my wife would call me, honey, come down to eat. And I would notice the clock, it would be seven, eight o'clock in the morning. But you get so enwrapped in prayer when you praise the almighty God that he will not waste your time. He will be there with you. Faith. God is good. We were invited to another church and we got there and Many people were in the church, and the pastor came over to me, and he said, you see that elderly lady there? She'd been blind for 15 years. She's been a member here for always. Every time a pastor or a minister comes in, or she always comes up for prayer. Thus far, she's still blind. So after the message, I asked people to come up, and people just started receiving the Holy Ghost. She came up for prayer. I placed my hand on her forehead and covered her eyes. And I commanded eyesight to come back into those eyes. And her eyes popped open. And she had perfect vision. Is that difficult for God to do? You know where the difficulty comes in? It starts with us. We limitize God because we don't believe his word enough to accept it. Now that's being cruel and harsh. But examine yourself. When was the last time that you saw a miracle? Or have you ever seen a miracle? We limit God by our own expectations. He is more than willing to do more than what we ask him to do. He is more than capable of doing that. Faith. Now, this has been said a hundred times, and I said it earlier. When God comes back, he's going to be looking for one thing, for faith. Where is your scale at in faith? Where's it at? You know yourself. You know sometimes that when you have prayed, you're thinking about washing the dishes or going and get gas in your car instead of devoting that time in sincerity to the Spirit of God. Forget your prayer will not be answered. God will not pray or be second to anything. He deserves our full attention when we pray and when we believe. And if we do not do that, why should he bless us at all? Are we that important in the kingdom of God? I will answer that question. Yes, we are. 
But we act like that we are prima donnas and that God owes us a favor. I am grateful for the moment that God looked down and saw this worthless body and gave me an opportunity to serve a living God that I can stand before you today and say thank you, Lord, because I have nothing to offer him. Nothing. And neither did you. I don't care how pretty you are, how handsome you are, or how much money you have in the bank. In the sight of God, he don't need any of that. I will tell you how important we are. He made a statement one time when he said if these people did not praise him, he would have the rocks to crawl out or cry out. Can you imagine that? A rock. He don't need you. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need anybody because he didn't have anybody before he created the angels and came on down the line. And he did that because he didn't want to be lonely anymore. He wanted to share all of his greatness. With who? With you and I. You and I. I thank God. We went to another place and we had bought our car, our Honda, in the Philippines. And as we were going to preach at this place, it was quite a ways out, the right front tire was bad. Although the car was new, the tires were new, that particular tire was bad. So we were quite a ways from our home, about halfway to the distance of where we were going to preach. And the tires started acting up and so finally I saw a place that uh, did tires and I pulled in there and it was kind of a small place and I asked him I said well, I'd like to change uh, exchange this bad tire put a good one on they said well we can do that but it will be about five or six o'clock this evening before they can bring one from Manila and I said you don't understand I've got to be preaching in less than an hour. They said, you're not going to get three meters on that tire before it blows out. I got in the car and I told my wife, let's go. She got in. We drove about three meters. And my wife said, stop. She got out of the car and she opened the door. She when she stared at that tire for a little while. Then she came back and sat in the car and she said, let's go. We drove traffic speed to get to the church. And while we were there, we preached and several people got the Holy Ghost. And there was a man there that had crutches and he was in construction and he had fallen and he had shattered his kneecap. And he asked me before I went up to preach, he said, feel my knee. It wasn't a knee, it felt like a small little rock. He didn't have a kneecap. It had been shattered. 
So I preached the message, and afterwards we had people, and they received the Holy Ghost, and I prayed for people, and all of a sudden he motioned for me to come down. He said, feel my knee. I touched his knee, and it was complete. I don't know if God gave him his old new knee back or gave him a new one. But that man started jumping probably two or three feet off the ground. He threw his crutches to the side. Faith. You don't have to apologize for it. Just use it. Just use it. I, I, I don't know. I've had many... I've had three different heart attacks and many different occasions for the past 14 years. My wife and I thank God for my wife. She has stood by me and she has slept on, on hard beds in the hospital because she wouldn't leave me there by myself. I thank God for my wife of 29 years. I thank God for the tea. <laughs> But Dr. Bethencourt was one of the best robotic surgeons in this country, Long Beach Memorial Hospital. And they don't cut you like this, or he didn't. His surgery was different. They made a small incision under the left breast. And they have a machine, and it looks like a kid's toy. I don't know how they do it, but they look at a screen, and it goes in, and it cuts the whatever it cuts and puts back together, whatever it puts back together. But this is something that he said to me prior to the surgery. He said, we can't do the surgery because your heart is it, rhythmatic. It's, it's running up and down. It's acting crazy. And I cannot do the surgery. Well, my wife started praying. and But see, with God, you have to be pacific. And I said, God, within about 15 minutes, I want to get this surgery over. If you will cause my heart to settle down, I will appreciate it. So after the surgery, we can go home. In about 15 minutes, my heart calmed down. Dr. Bethany Corp came in and said, we can do the surgery now. But he looked at me and he said, it is impossible for you to be alive. You cannot be alive. And what he was saying as a doctor was true. But I told him, Doc, there is a power that you may not know about. And I'm going to tell you about him. We did the surgery, we went home. And until this day, I just have a small scar. My heart was taken care of. Now this might sound strange for me to say it like this. But don't be afraid to trust God with your faith. Because he's the one that gave it to you. Trust him with it. I remember when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
I received the Holy Ghost and I could hear the I could go through prior to that, but I'm not because of time slip. I spoke in tongues for three straight days. I couldn't say a word of English after I received the Holy Ghost. We would go into a restaurant and someone else would have to order. I could just point to what I want. There were people that would be sitting in tables. I would try to be quiet, but you would see them as we would pray for over the food. They would bow their heads. People that maybe did not even know God. Your testimony is who you are. Not what you are, but who you are. What you are is of God. Who you are is what you say you are. Do you know that there were people that Jesus would not even pray for? He said, according to your faith. Now, if some of us were put in that predicament, I wonder if we'd be healed. Your faith sometimes depends upon what you hang it on. Reference. There was a lady that had been sick for 12 years. We all know this story well. Spent all of her money and none the better. But psychologically in her mind, she said, if I could but touch his hem of the garment, I'd be made home. So look at the picture. She hung what was given to her, her faith, on the hem of Jesus' garment. She didn't say he has to pray for me. He doesn't have to touch my head. He doesn't have to do anything. If I touch him, I'll be made whole. But there was another situation of a woman bent over. And it was a demon that Jesus, Jesus cast out. So there are different situations that we go through that require different types of faith. But anyway, the word was spoken and she was healed. My wife and I invited a, a young couple, or not young, to us they were at that time. They were about 45 years of age in the Philippines. And she had a brain tumor. Did not have the Holy Ghost. And we said to them, if you come to our house, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. This was a Saturday. Church was not open. So they didn't have a car. We picked them up. We brought them to our house. And we had a, a nice patio. And we were sitting on the patio. And my wife called and said, it's time to eat. So it's getting probably 5.30 in the evening at this point, and I said, well, let's go inside. So we went in the living room, we sat on the sofa. And all of a sudden, I felt the urge to pray for her. And I placed my hand upon her head. And she started speaking in tongues and just fell over with her head in her husband's lap. When she sat up, her face was beautiful. It kind of glowed. And I asked her, how long 
have you had that brain tumor? She said, five years. And I said, that's how long that demon has possessed your brain. The demon was cast out. She was made whole. Church, I'm here to tell you this morning. We are fortunate that we are in this church. There are a lot of good pastors. But in my feeling, and I'm sure yours, there's none like ours. Amen. Amen. Solid. Faithful. Teaching through prayers and years of faith. There was a woman that was 86 years of age. And they, someone had called her house. I don't remember who called, but anyway, they said that she lived in a province and she was 86 years of age and she had been bedridden and she couldn't talk or none of that, move around. Now, I want to show you the prayer life linked with speaking God's word. They called us and she was several miles away from us. And I told the individual who called and I said, I want you to lay your hand on her forehead because God's got to heal her. She'd been bedridden, I don't remember how many, several months. She laid her hand on her forehead. And I spoke healing. And I rebuked the sickness. You see, it's not the individual that's causing the problem. Right. It's the sickness. That's right. You rebuke the sickness. It doesn't belong to you and I. Sickness is a distraction that Lucifer has to keep our mind on the sickness instead of the goodness of God that can heal us. Amen. I rebuke that sickness. And I don't know how long after that she would tell everybody that would be calling us, she would say, tell them that I am so grateful because after we prayed, we heard that she got up, she'd been bedridden for so long, got up, started cooking, and cleaning the house. Faith. If we are sitting here this morning and we don't get anything else out of this service or this little talk, understand you have the power to change things in your life. Do you know God impressed me this morning as I was praying that just as he put a hedge about Job. As long as that head was there, Lucifer could not touch him. Do you know that Lucifer has to have and ask God if it's permissible for him to interfere in your life? He has to get permission. Don't give it to him. Job had a hedge about him. 
The devil knew that he was no match for that hedge that was around Job. He also knows that he's no match of a Holy Ghost filled person who has got fire for God. He cannot touch your life because the hedge that is around you keeps him from doing so. Do you know that you are stronger than the devil himself? You might say, wait a minute. No, you wait a minute. If you have the same power of God that he has, who is stronger? God or Lucifer? You don't have Lucifer's power. You don't have his strength. You have the almighty God. Use it. We preached in Okinawa, Japan for two weeks, a revival. Many people received the Holy Ghost. Many people were healed. And while we were there, we received a phone call. Uh, I forget what city was in Japan. They called and they wanted us to pray for two ladies that had been bedridden. Couldn't, couldn't get out of bed. They were uh, been in a hospital for a month. They were in the 30s. They should not be in a hospital. So we prayed for them over the phone. Church, I want to tell you this right now. Within 30 minutes, they got up and they walked out of that hospital. God is not hard of healing. So why do we think that we have to shout a simple prayer? Jesus went as far as telling Peter this. Peter was fascinated about a tree that Jesus rebuked. But if you will read that scripture carefully, Jesus talked to that tree. Amen? Amen. Read it. He spoke to that tree. And I imagine he was upset with that tree because he was hungry. And even though it was the season for figs, this is the Almighty coming and approaching. You should have something on there for me to eat. That tree withered up and died. Peter was so excited about the next morning when they came. The tree is withered and dead. Jesus said, have faith in God. Now here he took a scenario of a tree that was withered and died and he changed the subject. Here is where you can have this very morning a change in your faith life. Amen. He took it from a dead tree and he said, wait a minute, Peter. Young man, I want you to know something. Do you see that mountain that had many trees on it? Can you understand what I'm going to say to you, Peter? If you speak to that mountain and say, be cast into the sea, he didn't say it would obey. He said it should obey. Why? Because that takes a lot of faith to remove the landscape that we live in. But it's possible. Why is it? Because the Bible teaches us all things are possible with God. 
Are we God's children or not? Yes. Is it all things possible for us or is it not? Yes, it is. Yes. See, you didn't answer me because you were afraid of committing to something that God wanted you to commit to and you wouldn't do it. Stop all of that foolishness and start being something in faith with God. I'm not saying you're not worthy saints of God. Yes, you are. But without faith. Let's change our faith life. When we pray, I'm going to tell you something. And the Lord just dropped this on my mind. I had forgotten all about this. We had preached two services back to back in the Philippines. And the first service, 50 people received the Holy Ghost. Many people were healed. I don't remember how many. The second week we preached, 52 people received the Holy Ghost. But each of those two services, there were 10 people exactly. Each service said they didn't know what happened. But their cars would just pull over. Or they came in and they didn't even know why they came into the church. In this church... With our great expectation, this Sunday, we will see new people walk through that door and never even know why they are here. With great expectation and faith in God. Is it going to happen because we wish it to or want it to? No. It's going to happen because we believe that it will. Does this church deserve that? Oh, yes, it does. Why? Because this is an adorable house of the living God. You take the Spirit of God with you everywhere you go. We were in East St. Louis, Illinois one time, and I, I was out knocking on doors. I loved knocking on doors and inviting people to church. I was by myself. It was a Saturday morning. I went and I knocked on doors all over the place. I came up uh, on one of the streets and there were three men there, rugged looking men. They had their cigarettes and their, their beer in their hand. I walked up and they put their cigarettes out and they put their beer behind them. You are your testimony. Let God shine through you. That very Sunday morning, there was 25 new people in that church because of the people that I went out and testified to. How many would be here if five of us in faith? That's why I never believe in passing out a hundred uh, uh, brochures telling about the goodness of God. Take five or ten. Lay hands on them and anoint them. And ask God to send in those that you give them to. Because if you have a hundred or a thousand, the devil's going to want you to give them out. And they in return are going to throw them in the trash can. But if you anoint five or ten, tell them about the goodness of God. And let God direct you to the right people. They will be in your church. He that hath an ear, let him hear. What the scripture said. Not you and I. What the scripture says. 
Is God speaking to someone's heart this morning? Can you hear God speaking to you? Say, get up and do something for him. Can you hear it? Are you going to do it? I believe that. You just committed to the word of God. Don't let him down. Oh, I could go on for days for this. Matthew 8, 5-8. And I talked about this a little while ago or about the rocks, but this is a different setting. As he went into Capernaum, there was a centurion servant that came up and said, you know, my... My servant is, is very sick. He's going to die. And Jesus being the one that he is, said, well, I will come and heal him. And he said, no, I, I, I don't want you to do that because I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Now, this is an issue I want to get across very clearly to you this morning. But he said, but if you will just speak the word, Speak the word. Speak the word. My servant will be healed. Amen. And he was. My reading in that, I read it in a different situation to where the apostles we're in a boat and there was a great storm and the, the, the sea was acting up and all of these things and Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. Isn't it amazing that all of the danger and frustration that this one called Jesus was asleep on a pillow in the back of the boat? Why is that? Because with God we're calm. With God, we should have no fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Well, he was asleep and they were scared and they, they ran and said, Master, don't you care if we perish? He got up. He rebuked the wind and, and the storm and it was a, a, a very calm time. But this is what he said to them. O ye of little faith. Where's your faith at? Now you have to understand this. That Jesus had already given them the authority and the power to whatever they should bind on earth that it was going to be bound in heaven. Whatever they should loose on earth, it's loose in heaven. So I can imagine what he was thinking when they woke him up. See, God doesn't want to have to babysit us all the time. He wants us to have enough faith that we'll get up and take the issues on ourselves and do something about it without bothering him when he's so busy doing other things. Could you imagine that? 
If you're a mother or a father and you have worked all day and the kids have been sick and, and, and you're sick and trying to take care of them and you've been so busy and a neighbor comes over and wants you to come over and have tea with them. Jesus is busy. Take the responsibility upon ourselves and speak it into existence. Do you think it will happen? I'm going to give you an illustration. My sister Jean, which my wife and I have been staying with uh, for some time here, since we've been here, and the treatments for the leukemia. We've been there, and while we were in the Philippines, she had called me, and she said, Brother, we need to pray for Star. Star is my younger sister's daughter. She said she's been in the hospital for quite some time. She's bedridden. And she's got all of these devices on her for life support. And tomorrow they're going to take all of that off from her. And Bonnie's heartbroken because her daughter's going to die. And I said to her, I said, Bonnie, I want you to do this. We called San Francisco from the Philippines. And I said, I want you to take your hand and put it on Star's head, her forehead. And we're going to pray. And Bonnie, you're going to walk your daughter out of the hospital. Speak. What did Jesus say? Ask, and you shall receive. Ask. If you don't have the courage to ask, why should he respond to something that you're just wishing for? So I told Bonnie to put her head, or her hand on her head, and she did. We hung up the phone, and the next day they took the machines off from her. But not because she died, because she was breathing on her own. All of her body function parts worked. The second day, she was released from the hospital. The third day, she drove herself to work. Amen. Speak. The effect is the same if you lay hands on someone or if you speak healing. Because there's oftentimes you do not have the ability or the presence of mind to be where they're at. But if you will just speak the word, my servant will be healed. Where's your faith? I will say this in passing. We don't pray for finances very often. You know why? Because we don't really believe we're going to receive them. You might say that's not true, but it is. Or every one of us would be millionaires in this church. But here's what Jesus said about finances. He said, all the gold is mine. All the silver is mine. All the precious jewels. All the cattle on a thousand hills is mine. He is our God. And we can walk into the throne room anytime we can pray. And we can receive what we ask for. When they woke Jesus up 
on the boat. I want to inject this. And he calmed the sea. I'm sure he looked at them. He had already given them the power and the authority to claim on earth and it'd be the same in heaven. And I'm sure he looked at those brethren and he said, I just don't believe this. What is the problem? You have already the authority. Church, you have the authority. You have the power. You have the name. You have the word is above every name. We, I can feel the Holy Ghost here. I wish somebody would get this this morning and change their life. What's the problem? Is he not our God? Can he not heal? Can he not provide finances? Yes. I have been in a place before. I was so broke I couldn't afford half interest in a free lunch. <laughs> but God changed all that. I came from a home. My mother was a prayer warrior. My dad, not so much. But there was one thing I did not want to be. Not criticizing my dad. But I did not want to be like him. Would drink all the time. Not good to my mom. I didn't want to be that way. Set your goals what you want in life. Then have the faith to enact them out. So that when Christ comes back for his church, the almighty God, when he looks at you and me, and we hear him say these precious words, well done, my good and faithful servant. We just recently had was doing some paperwork on a place and Cheryl was her name that was handling the paperwork. And she called my wife and asked her a few questions about what she needed. I'm going to stop here very shortly. I, I have three days more. I could go on this, but I won't. And she said, in the talking in the course of the conversation, that she had a sister named Nancy, 76 years of age. She was bedridden in the hospital. She had brain cancer, and she was throwing up all the time, and she couldn't walk, and she had all these difficult problems. And I said to Cheryl, or my wife asked her if she would like for uh, us to pray for her. She said yes. So she gave the phone to me and I introduced myself to Cheryl and she started telling me about Nancy, how sick she was and how her head hurt all the time and how she continuously threw up and racked with all of this pain. And I said, Cheryl, I'm going to pray for her. And Nancy is going to be healed. 
confidence. If you don't believe what you're saying, don't say it because that's a lie in front of God. It's a lie. What does the Bible say about liars? No liar is going to enter into the kingdom of God. Watch what we say. Be careful. Pray for Nancy. Eight o'clock the next morning, our phone rang. It was true. They were going to transfer Nancy to UCLA Medical Center to treat the cancer. But later on that night, they had given her x-rays and went through all of these things. Cheryl was so excited, she called back at 8 o'clock in the morning. She said, I have to tell you this. My sister is up and walking about, and when they examined her, she had no cancer at all in her brain. <laughs> December the 22nd, less than a month ago. Pastor, I thank you for the opportunity of letting me speak on these things. And David, I thank you as well. I want to take just a moment of silence. And I want you to do something that no one else can do. I want you to examine yourself. If God put a meter on you, where would you register in his sight? From one to ten, where would you be? Furthermore, what would you be? Let's just close our eyes for a minute or so. Let's engulf ourselves with faith. And say, like the prophet of old did, Lord, here am I. I don't have a bank full of money. God knows I'm not handsome nor beautiful. But Lord, I have the power and the ability to serve you. And that I'm going to do. Till you either come or till you call me home. We belong in this church. You know why? Because God sent us here. We have a beautiful choir that's so anointed. We have great people that play the instruments. We have great teachers. We have one of the most blessed and, and, and beautiful pastor. I love my pastor. And if I ever heard anyone speak against him, I'm afraid that you would hear the flesh side of me come out. Respect your pastor. Love your pastor. Help him whenever he needs it. So I'm going to be quiet for about a minute and just let God saturate your heart and your spirit. If you start breaking down and start crying, it's okay. It's okay.
Come on, somebody. God wants to heal someone, not necessarily of the flesh, but of the spirit. He wants to heal our spirit. The flesh is going to be born and it's going to die, but our spirit is what God wants to heal. 